Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Back in, in the studio. This is the Mike Piazza episode 31. I'm so excited to be back in the studio. It's great to be back in sunny Burbank where it's only 115 degrees. It is kind of hot. <laughs> Especially when you don't have air conditioning. Well, you got that fixed. We just saw the air conditioner guy. Shout out to that guy. Shout out. Thank you. It's like freezing <laughs> now. Not freezing, but it will be. It will, it will get to my normal temperature of 50. <laughs> it's probably one of the reasons why it died. That's why the electric bill here is about three hundred dollars. It month. was. I was pissed <laughs> off. Well, the whole thing was that the Freon was out, and the oh, and it was charging you for like a full on air conditioner because it would just keep running oh. and trying to cool up the place, but it couldn't cool up the place. How long did it take you to realize that? I mean, I knew about it. It would take me but, six months before I'd realize that there was something wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm no, like, you would know because you're. It's like. I have the thing all the way down to like I'm 65 and I'm like I appreciate you giving me that much credit uh, there's no way I'm like sweating balls I'm like wait a minute shouldn't I be like it's on AC <laughs> I get into my car and I turn on my AC and I'm like this is how'd you feel in my house <laughs> um, so uh, how was your Orlando trip it was, it was good it was really good it turned into like a writer's retreat didn't you go on like the uh, world the world tour of Alcohol. Oh, I did. Uh, I, I think I didn't know what I was getting into. I was like, I'm going to some party where you drink at all these countries. But it was the Epcot where you go to each country. And I was des- I was very adamant that we were going to get something. And even though we go to the first one and everybody's got to stop and shop. And I'm like, no, no, no. We said we were doing this. We're going to every country and getting something. And so even if it was like cheating, like I went to... Um, Norway and bought like a beer and had half of it and gave it to other people and they went to Japan or China and got something different and split it. That's how we did it. Did you see anything racist going on? No. So that's apparently in the history (laughs) was that they used to be super racist. They'd have like mascots from each of these countries. Um, And it was like supposedly pretty, you know, without them knowing they weren't doing trying to be racist on purpose, but it was... (laughs) Somebody was like, hey, this isn't really cool. So now they have actual people from those countries working at each one of those places. So, like, when you go up, like, we went to Norway, and I was like, this accent is terrible. And then they're like, well, look at their name tags. And they're all like, hey, this is from Oslo. I'm from, like, wherever, you know. They do a scouting trip to find people to bring back to Well, I think so many people want to work at Disney. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, Disney's worldwide. So I guess they bring a few people like, hey, want to live in uh, Florida. And there's some people who are like, that sounds like a good idea. I'm not one of those people. But anyway, sorry, Florida listeners. <laughs> it was just so hot. Yeah. And crowded. Summer in the uh, in Florida. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, yeah, it's like the P 
peak time of year for summer vacations. I know. I know. I know. I mean, how crowded was Epcot? It's not usually uh, like that. It's much not, it wasn't. It wasn't awful. Like you can get around pretty easily. Like it wasn't like long lines. I, I don't think Epcot really has the cachet that maybe it used to. Or uh, some of the you know, there's four parks. That's like the one you want to go to probably the least. Did you go on the? Uh, is there? Isn't there a ride in the big thing? Yes, yeah, we didn't go thing? on it. No, we had like one goal was to go to every country, and then after the first one, almost everyone was like, "Yeah, we'll give up." And I was like, "No, we're going." So we, you, you forced everyone to have a bad time. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do, <laughs> including our listeners. Um, exactly. There you go. Um, so then, what else is going on? Any notes? My only note is about the NBA going off of our conversation last week. Um, I noticed that Kyrie is still on the Cavs. And I... The sun's up their offer, though. Oh, what's their offer? They're going to put Dragon Bender, the last year's fourth overall pick, and Eric Bledsoe ends a first-round pick. They're doing, they, have, they have two first-round picks. They have Miami's. In a trade that they got from Dragon, uh, the Dragon, when he left, um, Dragic, and uh, then they have their own. So they're going to give up one of those picks, Dragon Bender, and Eric Bledsoe for Kyrie. And Cleveland's going to quickly say no. I don't think they're going to quickly say no. Okay. They want. Here's the thing. Cleveland wants either. Well, they want. They don't want Bledsoe. They're gonna. They're, if they get rid of Kyrie, they want Bledsoe. They want Booker or Jackson. Well, Booker and Jackson are not going to. Well, that's my question to you. This is what my whole point is. Like, do you like? I think I was different on this last week. I'm just interested. Would you? You don't want to give up either of those guys for Kyrie? I would give up Jackson if it was just Jackson and uh, Bledsoe. So, here's the thing that I think is interesting. But they've already said that they're not trading Jackson. Right. And I think I think I understand, and I just wanted to kind of get into this. Uh, my, my initial instinct is to argue with you, but I, I think you might be onto something. Um, there's, like, no point. Like, so no teams want to trade their young talent right now, and everyone's like, this is such a problem. And the reason it's a problem is because you have Golden State. So why would you mortgage your future... To be good when you're never going to beat Golden State. Well, there's an interesting uh, article, which I will send to you. And I can't believe uh, I'm not sure if it was in. Well, it's one of the major things talking about how the Suns are gearing up to be the next super team, and how they're going to get Kyrie, and then other things are going to drop into place. Oh, okay. And they've come up with some scenarios. I'd love to read that. That's a, that'd be a nice piece of fiction. Did, did you write that? <laughs> no, I did not write that. Someone <laughs> Sounds uh, like an article you might have put together on your own time. <laughs> it's going to be... Uh, if they can get them, though, if they can get Kyrie, it'll, it'll be uh, an interesting duo with him and Booker. But, so my question to you is, you don't, you don't want to give up your young talent for a Kyrie? Definitely not Booker. I mean, I don't think why... No. You'd rather have Booker than Kyrie? I'd rather have both of them. But would you rather have Booker than Kyrie? 
It's just not going to happen. I don't even want you're, to you're so funny. You won't even say it. You know how idiotic that is, but yes, yeah. okay. They're not, but, but they're not getting rid of Booker. They I like don't, Booker. He's like, everyone in Phoenix loves the guy. And over the years, listen, over the years, after Nash left, like, Phoenix just gets rid of players every year. And, like, no one in the city or fan base knows who to root for or whose jersey to get because everyone keeps getting canned and traded. <laughs> So they're using Booker. It's a, everyone, great, it's a great way to run your franchise. I know. Well, they, they've been doing this, this guy, all leading up to now. Now that they have all these young picks and all these people want to trade their, uh, you know, act as trade partners because they can get some good assets. The Suns are loaded with young talent. I just, oh, I, love, I love this buildup for the, the disappointment that will happen. It's so fun. Um... So my point I was bringing up was I was noticing, sons aside, that nobody in the NBA wants to trade their young talent for Kyrie, even though he's, what, like 26, 24, somewhere in that range. Um, Because I think, because they know that they're never going to win, you know, why why mortgage your future to be like... Also, there's only two years left on his deal. Right, and he won't commit to it. It's so hard to, like, go, all right... Well, we'll bring you to our team, but we're going to get rid of a guy that we could possibly have long-term for someone who might leave in two years. Right, right. No, it's, it's, uh, it's totally fair. It's funny, like, it's too bad Chris Paul went to Houston because it would have been a good trade for the Clippers to, to send. You know, everybody would have won on that. Like, if Chris Paul would have gone to Cleveland to play with LeBron, and then, you know, the Clippers get, you know... Kyrie, I think that would have been perfect. It's too bad that all didn't work yeah. out for them. Uh, but anyway, that was my only note. I just wanted to, just wanted your opinion. We're going to see. It's, something's going to happen. But, I mean, I also did it because I knew that you would never mortgage any year. You love your players too much. I like I like my uh, – we've got four four guys under – can't even drink. They're under drinking age. <laughs> uh, you have any notes? I do. I have two. Uh, first one is my uh, brother's birthday is today, so I gave him a shout out. Told him I would. Well, you didn't give it to him yet. You're going to give it to him now. Give it to him now. Happy so, birthday, buddy. There you go. Happy His name's birthday. Scott also. That's right. Um, and then my other note, following up a birthday uh, <laughs> for... Uh, it's not a good week for the Emoji movie. Oh, do tell. So the Emoji movie, first of all, didn't make as much money as they thought it was going to make. Yeah, which is a good sign for humanity. And uh, TJ, uh, what's his name? Miller. Miller. Like, was all like, this movie is going to be the best. He's like, I got fired from this other job, but I'm going to make a shitload of ton, ton of money for this movie. Uh, but then uh, this story came out about it. You don't go to a theater and... Excuse me, but play with yourself. But that is exactly what hell police say occurred last Friday during the opening day of the Emoji movie here at this theater along Route 9 in Howell. Local law enforcement this afternoon put out this image of the man they say is the suspect asking for the public's assistance in identifying him. A kid's movie. You, you have somebody like this in your kid's movie. People pay money to go see a movie with their kids and this is what they have to deal with. Michelle Bianco says she was shocked to read of the incident via social media, especially since this is the theater she visits frequently. 
I was just happy I wasn't one of the people in the theater because I think I would have just went crazy on the person. Howell Police says the suspect was seated alone in the back row of the theater. A female patron watching the movie with her children and friends noticed the man with his pants unbuttoned, zipper undone, and hand down his pants. Luis Piazza was alarmed when learning of the incident and described it in three words. It was disgusting. The suspect, according to Howell Police, was escorted out of the building. Police also add that they eventually received a call, but only after the female witness returned to her home. Bianco's reaction to the timeline of the events? I still would have called the cops before they had him leave. I would have had made him stay there until the cops came here. Piazza says as troubling as the alleged incident is to hear, what concerns her more is that it could have escalated into something much worse. He could have been, you know, looking for young kids. You know, we bring kids here a lot, and it's just terrible. So, uh, that was in New Jersey. Yeah, that's my neck of the woods. That's Howell. <laughs> that's Howell, New Jersey. I know that's like that's like 10 minutes from where I grew up. The one thing that was really bad reporting, because they just got, like, people that were uh, coming to the movie, like, the next day. Yeah, I don't understand why they got two women in the parking lot for that. They had some good sound bites, though. But uh, I guess the guy finally turned himself in. So, uh, guys in the back of the Emoji movie playing with themselves. Good times for the Emoji movie. So, uh... What a, what a clip. That is a clip. Um, so what are you, uh... So what are we talking about? So, well, we'll stick with the movie theme. Uh, we're gonna do a little review of Atomic Blonde. Um, I saw this earlier in the week. You saw it, um... Today, what, what happened at your screening? I saw it today, and then three quarters of the way through, a uh, fire alarm was pushed, and someone was, they went on the loudspeaker, and they're like, there's a fire been reported, and then everybody's out in the back. While we were walking out, I just hear, like, the guy going uh, to somebody, like, on the walkie-talkie, like, are we still evacuating? Because obviously it was, like, a false alarm or something. He's like talking on the thing and saying, "Are we still evacuating?" Everyone's like standing outside, like the whole theater got like let out. And then I was like, "Do I want to wait to get my money back for seven dollars?" And I said, "Screw it," because there's like all the theaters were like, "Every all these people." Were oh, so every yeah, so yeah, God. And there's, and there's I, like two people in like line. Like I hate that theater, the AMC Burbank, the worst. <laughs> That's why I'm never I'm never going back there. Is that the one you always make us go to? No. Oh, it's the one in the Those mall? Those are the good ones. Yeah. Okay. That's the one by Buffalo Wild Wings. AMCs are taking over. Yeah. Why do I find myself at AMC more than any other theater? Okay. Well, I don't know. All I know is I hate that theater, and I'm never going back. Okay. So, this is with how much time was left in the movie. So, there was like 40, 30 to 40 minutes left. So, you were going to... So, we had this phone call. He said... He, he explained to me, because you're going to just have to explain on the podcast what happens at the end of this movie. And I was like, wow, that's going to be really riveting. Because I can explain that. It might actually be interesting to hear me. The end of this movie was like uh, Austin Powers when they kept pulling off their faces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, very, yeah. So it wouldn't, let's just say it wouldn't have gone over well. Um, <laughs> overall, where do you come out on the movie? All right, are we going to do spoiler free? We'll, we'll, we don't need to worry about spoilers. It's been out for over a week. I think yeah, we're good. We're going to have to add some spoilers. Um, wasn't that impressed with it. Okay. I uh, thought it was... It looked good. I liked the director. The director's got a nice little style. He's the guy who did John Wick. 
Um, so he's got a nice little thing going, and then he's obviously really talented at doing action scenes. But uh, he's like a former stunt guy or something. Yeah, right? he's a choreographer, stunt, stunt coordinator. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was really unoriginal. Yeah, it was very unoriginal. It basically was if you took Skyfall and mixed it with Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, that movie. Okay, that's what you would get. Somebody, I heard someone else compare it to Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Or but read like, it. why does? It, first of all, what did you think of it? Um, the end, the beginning killed me. Like it, it jumps timelines like three or four times in the opening sequence, and I'm, it's like, why? Like I, you haven't earned this yet. Like I don't yeah. understand. Like there's, there's, it takes so long to get into the action, which is what you've marketed this whole movie. At you know, it's not yeah. until she gets into that car and the music starts going. But like, listen, I, I liked it. I liked it more than you did. But I certainly didn't love it, and I, I, I totally understand. I really like the ending. I did like the ending for all of its five different times it ended. <laughs> I did like it though. I, I mean, so I'm the, surprised. The that triple, I, the triple spy. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I didn't see it coming. Like I'm almost disappointed myself. Like knowing who was cast in it and what parts they're playing. Like that that person's too big to not be involved in the ending. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I didn't see that coming. And I'm I'm usually pretty good at that. So I was kind of like bummed, but at the same time, I was glad to be surprised. So it's either my own stupidity that made me like it, or it's not that bad. I thought the movie was like just information. There was no real story. You didn't really get to know any character. Um, I think they tried to do it with the uh, the girlfriend. Yeah, like kind of add like use her as a conduit. Nice. To get some story uh, points, uh, you know, background, and show that she actually had some emotions. Because, uh, you know, what happens to her, she's like, gets really emotional in that right. scene. Um, but it just seemed like all the Russian guys were like the same guy and had the same character. Yeah. Like, you know, like they felt like they were like one guy. Very one dimensional, right? Yeah. Um, Hugo Stiglitz should have had a huge, bigger part. Who's that guy? <laughs> The guy from uh, Inglorious Bastards, Hugo Stiglitz. Oh yeah, the, the, guy, uh, the watch guy. Yeah, he was the watch that's, guy. See, that's like that's a corny scene. You walk in, and you go, "Can I get a? Uh, how much is this watch? Oh, uh, for you an hour." That's you know? what we were talking about with Bronin, where people know each other and they're not looking at each other. She just uh, walks yeah. in and like he's in another room and she's standing there looking at watches. She's like, "Hey, how much for a watch?" And he's like, "Come back tomorrow." And they don't even look at him. She just turns away and walks away. Right. There's no one else in the thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, stylistically, it's awesome. I really yeah. like, like, the... I like that was set in the... I love the music. That's, like... This is the thing I want to get into. That music is, like... There's some songs I haven't heard a lot. I can't believe they played, like, Ministry. Ministry yeah. is a band I really liked, like, a long time ago. Um, I... I so did a couple versions of... Uh, 99 I, I knew you'd go straight to the pop songs, but yeah, like all, everything there and in between, I thought it was, uh, I really, I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, the music was really good. So the music was good. I thought like, like the color, like I like that, like. The Cold War kind of grayish look. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they married the uh, Berlin Wall with the story very well. I, I totally agree with you. Like they thought they could get away because in the beginning they mention it and they say this story has nothing to do with it. 
Um, and then they walk. There's like one random scene where John Goodman like walks up or see, meets uh, Charlize Charlie's on the on the like wall, and he's like, "Take a, take a look, because this won't be here for uh, like in a couple days or something." Yeah, um, I agree with you. They didn't use that enough. Um, they yeah. Also, all these spy movies seem to be. This is like what they stole from Skyfall. Is the same exact story where someone has a list. Okay, well that's also from Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible. Yeah, like someone has a list that has all the operatives on it, and everyone's trying to find it and get it back. Which at the end of this movie, like the same thing that happened to Skyfall. Skyfall totally went off plot. Like it started with the list. Yeah, I didn't like Skyfall either. I remember it started with the list. And then the story wasn't even about that at the end. And you never found out what happened with the list. But the same thing here. She said, I don't know what happened to the list at the end. But then she... No, whatever. What? The list... I don't want to give anything away. The list never comes up again. Okay. We'll talk about that off the air. But, but, uh... (laughs) Anyway. um, But yeah, the action scenes were amazing. So... That ten minute... That's where I got kicked out. It's like right at the end of that scene. Which is a great scene. I, di- I didn't realize it was one take until after. Someone told me after, so I'm really excited. So if you go see it and you, you see the fight scene in the stairwell, and it's violent. Like, she gets roughed yeah. up. Um, that wasn't even my favorite fight scene until I found out about that. I really liked the scene in, like, the apartment in the kitchen when she takes the hot plate and sm- like, smacks the guy in the head with it. And, yeah. Like, she was great. Yeah. Dude, she's awesome. I've watched a lot of interviews with her lately. And she's like, I don't know. She at least she's she's coming across really well. She, I you know when I was uh, I remember when I first graduate like I first moved to New York, I bought like I, was, I bought like eight by tens um, of people's autographs and stuff like and I fake I, autographs. But like, like I sent one to like her people. Or like whatever it said, like I don't know how I found it. it was like yeah, send and she'll like I heard somewhere if you if you send to her, she'll send you back and she did. She sent me back like an eight by ten signed by whoever was working for her. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was like I was like oh Charlie's there oh, yeah. and I framed it and hung it up. Um, so I've always liked her for that. <laughs> when I was young, I probably never told anyone the story. It's coming out now. Nice. Alyssa Milano was on some talk show or she was doing some uh, no it was in like an, uh, an interview and she said like someone had written her a 14 page letter and sent it to her and she sent him back like like a locket or something that they both had and I was like fuck this guy <laughs> so I wrote like a 15 page letter <laughs> it was like the 7 minute abs thing um, so I wrote a 15 page I don't know what the hell it said it probably made no sense <laughs> and I sent it away haven't heard about it. haven't heard back I'm still waiting <laughs> that's a great story I'm still waiting on my locket <laughs> because you were probably one of like whoever any boy that heard that story was probably going to do the same so it's not that embarrassing <laughs> at the time and for probably a long part of your adolescence that would have been embarrassing to admit I don't but think now I get it I didn't tell any person ever <laughs> in my entire life that <laughs> I just randomly like wrote it and like found out the address and like sent it nice on my own like I snuck out and did it all that's good I love that that's stole funny. some stamps from my parents 
Um, but uh, yeah, so that action scene we were talking about, it starts in like a top of a building in a stairwell, goes all the way downstairs into different apartments, um, and then it goes out through the back of the building into a car, and then basically that's still like takes place in the car while they have this huge car chases where things are getting flipped over. I mean, I don't know how they did any of that. They had to choreograph it perfectly. And I read this whole article about it, how, you know, there's a lot of movies now that do these one-take things, but they're fake. Oh, really? Like, they use visual effects to make it look like it's seamless. But he, this guy, this action guy, like, wanted to not do that. So they show in this video, which you can probably find online or whatever, like, basically they have guys everywhere. Camera guys, and like they just pass the camera to each person at different levels. Like the true detective? Yeah. Okay. So they basically keep handing it off, and then I just, you still. It's awesome. You get one fuck up, and you have to do the whole thing again. How many, how long did it take him to shoot that scene? Did you see? I didn't, I don't remember okay. hearing that, but it, I'm sure it took like a, definitely more than one day. So overall, would you recommend this? Or are you like, like, where do you, where do you come out? It's a, I think it's a good cable movie. Okay. You don't think you need to there's see this? There's too many, again? like, there's also, like, way too many double cross spy. Everybody's not who they say they were, and then, like, I wasn't surprised by any of it. True. Yeah, you don't see any, like, you see everything kind of. Again, I was a little surprised by the ending, but for the most part, you can see everything that's coming. Were you surprised by the ending without saying it? The, yeah. I mean. Okay. Good. There's not too many. I, I feel like there has been no person in history that's been a triple, like, been playing, like, four different countries. I don't know. It's like, but I was surprised by it. Okay. I like that you know in history how many spies people played. Uh, there's no way. <laughs> that's too many things to remember if you're a person. Yeah, it's hard to remember. Yeah, like, you got to speak like, different you, languages. You got to remember who things are. When you were going to what ask was me, said where? When you were going to ask me to explain the ending, I didn't think I was going to get it right. Try to remember it all, and I wasn't even that person. <laughs> you got to remember who you said things to, because you like bring something up and like say, "Oh, uh, how was your dinner?" And someone's like, "I didn't go to dinner." Oh, wrong person. Uh, but anyway, so I'll segue with that. If that's all right, we good. Um, yeah, I think we're good. To that sleight of hand, to um, this thing you brought to my attention today, or yesterday you were talking about, this 30 for 30 podcast about Phil Ivey. And the casino heist. And Yeah, so um, it was really interesting. Um, I mean, rather or not, we don't have to get into the logistics of the podcast itself. Let's just yeah. talk about the story. Um, but For those of you who don't know, Phil Ivey is a pretty famous poker player. So let me start with there. Why is Phil Ivey such a big... Like, why is he so famous? Because he's very good at just staring people down and getting in people's heads. and He just is a good poker player. Uh, I, I mean, I know he, he's from New Jersey. Yeah. Um, he looks like Tiger Woods. They call Wood. him Every, the Tiger Woods. But he looks because he looks like Tiger yeah. Woods. Um, and he's like... There's... Let's just say the sport is, if you want to call it a sport, there's uh, 
It's only it's it's like a bunch of white guys. Okay, all right, fair enough. And he likes to go he likes to go big. He's like an, yeah. he's an all in kind of guy. Yeah, he's got a reputation for being a guy that like um, that will that will throw a lot of money around, um, which was perfect for what's going on yeah. for him for his reputation. Um, but I mean, you never we didn't even know this whole story. Like basically, you just heard that he was being blackballed from all these casinos and being called a cheater. Right. And so the real story, as you learn from this 30 for 30, is that there was a woman. Uh, the Her father was, like, really wealthy. And he paid for her to come to Vegas and, like, paid for her to gamble and she just lost all that money. She lost a ton of money, like millions and millions of dollars. And this is the greatest thing. Is that she let somebody take a C note out on her name, and that yeah. person couldn't pay it back, and they threw her in jail. She gets arrested for somebody else's debt for a hundred thousand dollars, and they throw her in jail. And for she's three like, weeks. and she's like, I spent all this money. I spent like half a million or whatever, or millions, millions, more, millions yeah. of dollars at your casino, and you're gonna throw me in jail over a hundred thousand um, dollars. So this whole thing begins with, with her revenge on the MGM. <laughs> yeah. That, to me, is the best part of this whole story. <laughs> so, she gets out of jail, and she's still gambling, and she's like... She hooks up with this guy. This guy, like Eddie. A, basically, he's an advantage player, as they call him. Yes. He knows how to beat the system. And her name is Chen Ying Sun. <laughs> Which no one knows who she is. Well, yeah, yeah I saw pictures of her. But I mean, like, even at, in the podcast, they were talking about how, like, well, she, still she had, like, a lawyer and coming out of the, like, basically out of the court, it'd be Phil Ivey and everyone was, like, taking pictures of Phil Ivey. And then the lawyer and her are both Chinese and they walk out of the thing and she just walks away. Well, she's a very, have you seen her? She's, she, uh, she, she blends in very well. You know what I mean? She's not showy. So I can see, so she probably, you know. Still, still out there gambling while he's got to take the brunt of this. But she, she came up with this whole. Um, she came up with this whole plan to play baccarat. Now, do you under, uh, and and to use uh, edge sorting to fix her baccarat game? Yeah. Do you understand baccarat? I don't understand baccarat, but I mean, I know that you have to get like low cards, but the. The main story. We're not going to explain to you background. I'm going to explain okay. to you background. Okay. Why don't you explain? Okay. So cards two through nine are their actual value. Card ace is worth one. Ten and up are all worth zero. The the you the more like what you need to do. The objective is to get as close to nine as possible. Now there's only one player and one dealer at each table, and then everybody else is betting on who's going to win: the player, the dealer, or tie. The tie pays out eight to one. And the thing about Baccarat, too, is you can change the the amounts of your bet throughout the game. Like, you know when you go to, like, Blackjack, there's a set. It's like $25 limit. And, like, up to a certain amount. You can't bet. Like, Baccarat is kind of open. So you can, like, ask right. the dealer to, hey, I want to bet $100,000 on this. And, and the thing is, you, you each get two cards, the dealer and the player, and then... There's a possible third card, depending on what the player's showing. That's how that goes. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure you can bet on each thing. And so, and what they were doing is... I, I love to watch videos about how you do this. Um, you take a deck of cards, 
you look at the back of it, and you know they're cut on a giant sheet. And do you know, do you understand this? How this is done? Okay, so I figured you. If anyone would know, you would know. <laughs> um, the like most cards have like a, a pattern on the back, and usually a pattern isn't completely even on the sides. So like if it's diamonds, like the diamonds are a little bit bigger on the left and the right. And if you've got a good eye for this, um, then you can you can see. So what they would do is they'd go. And they basically ask them to take half the deck and turn them the other way. Right. So so basically they wouldn't have to count the whole deck. They would count half the deck. But they were they were just so the the most valuable cards are eights and nines in Baccarat. So they were on the eights and nines. They were having them turn those cards so they know each time because they know the patterns the other way. So they would ask for like an auto shuffler. So this way the cards never get mixed up. They said it was superstitious. So they needed. Somebody to, you know, they needed you to turn the card a certain way because of their superstition. Right, but, but before we go to this, oh. you need to, like, I guess the main story is, like, she needed to get Phil Ivey because he was such a huge poker player that the casino would allow certain things. And they were like, all right, we want a couple things. We want a new dealer. Okay, so she, you could have let me finish and then said... Okay. That this is why Phil Ivey was important rather yeah, than that start. Well, I thought you were you were going through the whole heist, but he was there when this was happening. I understand, but but this is her plan. So like, you have to come up. And, all right, so I'll start over. <laughs> Automatic shuffler, so the cards are changed. So they asked them to change the eights or nines. To they said it was it would be a, a superstitious. So please turn it a certain way. You'd pick it up. From the back of the card, so that... Uh, right, so that this way... So the dealer either, like, picks it up, like, flips it from the right, or from the front of them, or from the back, and then when they put it in, it's, like, already changed a different side. Right. And then they'd ask for an Asian dealer, because she could communicate with the dealer. Now, they didn't... They're both... He, he, she's very foggy about this, and I watched yeah, the... Yeah, they didn't si- really talk about well, how the dealer was involved. And I watched the 60 Minutes with, thing with him... And he's very shit. He wouldn't really get. That's the one thing he wouldn't get detail about. I think the thing was is they wanted her to be able to communicate and have the pit boss there not understand what they're talking about, and also like maybe distract because they also talked about how like like the old grandfather game is that when you uh, he's like grandfather's magic trick was basically like you pick a card and then he distracts you by talking to somebody. And then while you're talking to someone, he just spins the deck so that when you put the card back in, it's the patterns the, wrong, the reverse way. That was the thing that killed me is that that's how that trick's done. Yeah. Like, now I'm going to, I'm like very excited to go so and no try to do that trick. no matter how many times you shuffle it. It's, it's always going to be the same as long as you don't turn the cards at all. Yeah. Um, it's great because like <laughs> now, I, I mean, I, I love knowing how a magic trick's done. It's like maybe so, anyway. So that's basically like, I think. Illusion, Michael. I think, Illusion. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what she was going for where she was just yeah. basically confusing the dealer and not, I guess, putting the thing in there in the dealer's head that they were doing something illegal. Right. And so then in comes, so that's the plan and she needs a high roller. She meets, you know, through this guy, he hooks her up with Phil Ivey. And the two of them just start. Well, she's a high roller. She just needed someone that basically the casino would do anything. Right. Okay. And he's like a celebrity. Right. You know. So anything he asks, so like he, they go to that where they wound up getting caught or they wound up first getting noted, like found out is that place in, in London. 
where it's like nine million or something. Yeah. And um, and then they go to the Borgata. And how bad did you want to go to that casino by the sounds of it? It's yeah. like totally out of a James Bond thing. Like yeah. everyone's in tuxedos. Except for them. They show up and they're not dressed up. Right. And so they grant him everything and they figure it out and they call in while they're at the Borgata in Atlantic City. And so now they're both suing him. Um, but the thing is also is the fight. Basically, Phil Ivey's whole thing is like, I never touch the cards. Yeah, well, this is all right. So that's what that's what the the thing is. That's where we're at right now. Um, How could I be a cheater if I've never touched the cards? You guys did everything. Yeah, and but he has now been through two. He's been found. You know, they've been found guilty twice. He's on a third set of appeals for this. Where do you come out? Well, there is a precedent that he brings up in the thing that if if you're a casino. Like, if anyone wins a lot of money, you could just say, hey, you're counting cards and steal your money. Right. And, like, or not pay you out. And, like, where is the, where do you drop, you know, when do you get past that? It's really interesting. Because yeah. I can't figure out where I come out on it. Because you're knowingly, I mean, look, I'm always for the player. He knowingly had the advantage, and he knew what he was doing. But the he house plays the knowingly were. they have the advantage. Yeah. So. But they don't know what the cards are. True. Phil, they already know the games are rigged in a, in a way for them to have the advantage. Phil Ivey knew the exact cards, what the cards were going to be before they were turned over. So, I don't know. It's like, it's hard to say. Because he did not, like, have any cards up his sleeve or anything. He just asked for a couple of things and they granted and it. And they gave it to him because he's a celebrity. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? It's really interesting. I I... I kind of side with him. Yeah, you I know? do too. Um, but I think most people would because we all are against the house in a way. <laughs> yeah, because we all lost. Yeah, like, fuck the casino. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I mean, it's you know, it's hard not to be that way. But um, I know it's interesting. Um, I'll tell you, it was really funny. I watched the sixty minutes. It's it's almost borderline impossible to watch sixty minutes after watching John Oliver now. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Everything they say. Uh, so it's not cheating. So it's not cheating. Yeah, you know, know, like they reply with the exact answer that 60 <laughs> Minutes asked them to ask. Yeah. They have to stop that. I have to edit that because I can't watch 60 Minutes anymore. Because <laughs> you just think about it. It's, it's, it's just because I think about it. It's like <laughs> that. It's, it's just like that. It's like impossible. To... So you're saying that you didn't have a chance. I didn't have a chance. I didn't have a chance. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's impossible to watch 60 Minutes now. And for those of you who don't know, it's uh, on John Oliver. They break down how 60 Minutes always... Gets the sound bite. Yeah, but like it's always the producer or the, the person asking the questions, um, like fe- feeding the line to the person and them just saying the line back every time. <laughs> yeah. So you'll see it next time you watch 60 Minutes. Like Someone will be like, so you ended up killing her. I ended up killing her. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you're just... It, it's over. I and mean, you just see it. It's so distracting. It's so hard to follow, like, the storyline. Um, but that's cool. I'm glad. Thank you for for pointing that out. That's, uh... I never listened to that. I just randomly saw... I think it was the, um... I guess it wasn't... I thought it was Cousin Sal or someone, because they had a really funny uh, episode this week. They brought up the fact that there was a gambling podcast. Uh, and... It's not very well put together. 
No. Uh, I don't know. I like... I like... It's very... I was going to say trying to do a cereal. But I like the way that they introduce who each person is in the beginning. Not that you ever yeah. paid attention to whose voice was whose. Yeah. But at least you knew the credentials of the people that were about to be... They just had eight people talking, so they probably <laughs> could have cut that in half. Yeah. So um, that was really... If you want to hear it, it's under 30 for 30. And what was the name of the uh, podcast? Like the Queen of Cards or something? Something like that. Um, I'll look it up. This is good radio. Yeah. <laughs> good job. We're just going to look up the... Uh, Names of other podcasts. A Queen of Sorts. There you go. Is the name of it. So, I guess we call that... So we'll transition. That um, is a sport of sorts. So, um, another sport was is the NFL and they had their whole we're going to have our new segment called NFL where are we at well we're not anywhere yet we are I'll have like just one note okay the NFL then we'll get into the Hall of Fame okay which which happened yesterday well actually happens this weekend yeah because they changed it because last year the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony fucked up the field and they couldn't play Oh, that's right. So that's why they changed it. Yeah. So that's so now they do the game on Thursday. Wow. You know they really they really. <laughs> it's like that old Simpsons episode where like a bear gets loose in the town, and then the next so like after they catch the bear and shoot it, they start like a bear patrol after. Like it's never going to happen yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, because uh, they got a new stadium there now. It's not like this high school stadium they used right. to play on. So. There's been two new, I guess, two big news starting this uh, training camp. QBs going down. So we got Tannehill, who's probably out for the season. Right. Because he refused to get surgery on his uh, knee a long oh, time I, ago. I didn't know that. All right. And he, like, they said, oh, it'll heal. But you should get the surgery. It's like, I'm not going to do the surgery. And then he didn't do it, and now he just blew everything out. So now their quarterback's Matt Moore. Matt Moore. And then Joe Flacco's got a back problem. Yeah. So now Kaepernick is in the news again. Like, give me a job, and no one wants to hire him still. Well, Kaepernick, the the, the Baltimore thing is interesting because wherever you come out on Kaepernick, um, he's better than uh, who's their backup right now? Yeah, I don't even know who their backup is. It was Gabbert or Glennon. No, Blaine Gabbert's your quarterback or Arizona's quarterback. Yeah, Arizona. Maybe it's Glenn. anyway. Um, no, Glennon is uh, in Chicago. Okay, I forgot. He got a, a big ass. That's Chicago. right. Uh, anyway, um, but Flack, NC State, but uh, Kaepernick. So the head coach has a relationship with Kaepernick. The GM Ozzie Newsom has a good relationship. He says he wants Kaepernick, and the owner's saying, "I don't know if uh, I, I, I heard from like I heard from our fans we don't want him." So the the owner is basically saying, even though you guys think we should get him, I'm going to say no. I just opened up because I was going to find out who their backup quarterback is, and it says, Dolphins are in talks with Jay Cutler. Oh. I guess he'll leave the network. Um, but, uh, so this is, like, really interesting, though. Let's not get off this Kaepernick thing. No, we're not. Um, Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett. Okay. Guy who got fired on TV two years ago because he was showing up late to meetings. You yeah. remember that? Yeah. The Texans and... Speaking um, of that, we're going to talk about Hard Knocks okay. next week. Um, does it start next week? It starts this week. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so on Hard Knocks, he got he got kicked off the team because he couldn't show up to meetings. And this guy... And he was uh, supposedly the next big thing. He was Tom Brady's backup for That's a while. right. And everyone's like, oh, he's going to be awesome. And then he goes to Houston... 
and everyone thinks he's going to be like possibly the starter there. And then he just gets canned because he keeps showing up late. Well, Kaepernick. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's interesting because the coach wants him. GM wants him. Owner says, I don't think it's a good idea to get him. Now, this is the same owner. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Who went against those two guys when they said, hey, we need to kick Ray Rice off the team after seeing that video. And the owner said, no, we got to stick by him. So. All right. To sum up, <laughs> one of these guys is on the wrong side of history. The other two are on the right side, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe listen to your guys. You know, maybe be like, okay. Because, I mean, there's – I understand there's going to be fans who are going to be – you know, it's a very captivating subject to a lot of people. It's I, it's not so much to myself. I'm okay with it, you know, either yeah. way. Um, but – And also, he's already said that he's not going to – do the standing or the kneeling. Right. Uh, he said he will stand. But the whole thing played out. I mean, we talked about this already, but the whole thing played out that he stands for something, but then he doesn't vote, and he does all this other shit that contradicts what he's doing, and you find out that maybe he was just doing this to impress somebody. Well, and then, but then there's also the other end where he also donated money to a lot of. Well, then he's yeah. Well, then he know, was like, he's, so he had someone talking to him in his ear and telling him what he needed to do. Yeah, to try but, to rectify but, but, the situation. But from what it's my understanding that like he sought out those people. You know, it wasn't just it's not all willing. Like yes, at one point we did talk about he got involved with this and did some things the wrong way, but he also did a lot of things right. And I don't. I think, you know, at some point, whether you agree with him or not, what he's standing for, you know, ironically, yeah. standing for is an issue that, like, you have to look beyond the fact that he takes a knee. Like, what he's standing for is something that's, that means something. And, um, I, I mean... It, he wasn't even that good. <laughs> that's just, true. That's, that, true. that's also another thing. Like, I mean, he beat the Rams last yeah. year when we were at the game yeah. but uh, he's just not that good no he's not but um, I don't know if, if he was a really good quarterback he'd be on a team I mean Michael Vick came back so it's true but I also think that people need to you know I mean especially like that especially this owner like need to check your priorities you know yeah um, I don't know I, 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 anyway that, so yeah that's so, where we're at right so, now so the Hall of Fame game was last night the Hall of Fame game was last Cowboys night Cowboys and uh, Cardinals Cardinals um, I, I, I like to see that Kellen Moore is getting some action you like Kellen Moore he won me some money I wonder <laughs> I wonder like you know they were talking about this a little bit if if he didn't get hurt last year how different the Cowboys are now yeah that's interesting because then Dak wouldn't have played he would have played and so Romo would probably still be the quarterback and all that kind of stuff. It's an interesting what if. Um, but that game aside, like I even though the Cowboys are my team, I still can't sit through a whole preseason game. I can't. Well, yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, I obviously you only sit around for the starters, but the first week there's never really they play like one or two series. Yeah, they didn't even play any really. Yeah, nobody could play. But then the one thing that's good about the Hall of Fame game is they bring in. They bring in the Hall of Fame guys to talk, and like yeah. when you get Jerry Jones on a microphone, well, Romo did the, the best. Was Romo doing the announcing? There, he anything? was doing it for. They were doing a practice. They kept referring to him. He was like in another facility. Did they keep cutting back? To they him? were sh- cutting to show him doing it, and he was on their feed. 
Oh, so but he didn't. He didn't talk it. Like they, they didn't. You didn't hear the audio. You didn't hear the audio from the feed. You just showed him, and he was in like this random remote like tower, like away from the field, like overlooking. And they're like, "Don't worry, buddy. It gets better from that." You know, <laughs> it was good. It, um, but uh, it got me thinking to talk about Hall of Fames more, more than the game from preseason. So who, who's, getting, who, who's getting inducted this weekend? Well, I have the list. All right. Well, before we before we get into the NFL. Yeah. I just want to go through the first. We are in the NFL. I know, but before we get to the NFL, okay, we're just because because that'll be the longer discussion. Um, there's three. Not really, I'm just going to name the people that are in and be like, all right, yeah, they're in. All right, they well, deserve to be in. They deserve to be. Yeah, he deserves to be in. One of us. One of us <laughs> did some research. So, um, all right, all right. So there's three Hall of Fames. Probably the most popular is the Baseball Hall of Fame. Whether you're a baseball fan or not, it's probably the most polarizing Hall of Fame of the three of them, right? Because you have the whole yeah. steroids guys. Um, I'll just do this real quick. In Cooperstown, it's supposed to be the most magical of them all. 2018. Well, the thing is, too, is that there's 60 people. Well, there's 55. Or how many people are on a football team? 55, I think. Yes. And, on an active roster. And then, like, plus, you know, you have, like, the practice squad guys. So... Getting into the Hall of Fame is much harder than it is if you're going to be on an NBA team where there's only 15 people on a team. Right. Um, there's that. Also, it's you more, know, it's more of a team. Well, football is more of a team sport. Basketball, yeah. baseball, more individual statistically yeah. sports. Uh, so for baseball, just just real quick, the favorites to get in are, are Trevor Hoffman, Vladimir Guerrero, of uh, the old older. Uh, they're not their first go round. First timers, uh, Chipper Jones is probably going to be a first ballot guy. He'll be in. And Jim Tomey is probably going to be a first ballot guy. Um, you know, and then you have your Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, and Pete Rose, the guys the polarizing that polarizing guys. Yes, that probably won't ever make it in. McGuire, um, corked bat. No, it's not a corked bat. It's steroids. Well, Sosa had the. I, I also, think, I think he'd get in with the corked bat, um, but whatever. Understood. We got the steroids. Um, no, those are a bigger thing. Uh, then you have your basketball Hall of Fame. Can't we just give them like a section in the Hall of Fame for like asterisks? Yeah, probably. People who should be in with an asterisk? I would think so. And then they get like, maybe they don't get, uh, they get like silver medals? Maybe instead of showing like their busts, you show like their shoes, their feet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, their feet. That's, are you sure the backs of their heads <laughs> instead of the fronts? That, that would be easy for the sculptor. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd probably enjoy that. <laughs> You've got three back of the heads this week. Yes! I mean, yeah, and they, with their hats on, so you don't have to really worry about most of the hair, you know. Um, basketball. Or just put it in their jersey. Yeah, whatever. That's all they get. I'm with you. But anyway. Uh, basketball seems like they let everybody in. Um, yeah. But not true. Last year, they voted in Tracy McGrady over Chris Webber. What do you think about that? Uh, I think both should be in. You do. I think Tracy McGrady being in your Hall of Fame means that you should close your Hall of Fame. <laughs> that guy never won anything. He never. He made it past the first round once in his entire career, and that was like when he was like the seventh man on the like a Houston team. I, I thought that was uh, okay. Maybe you're uh, you got some points there. Um, I was just really. I don't know. 
not real happy about that, that McGrady got in. And then it was like him and Rebecca Lobo and uh, like uh, Bill Self, you know, a bunch of uh, other guys that you don't really care as much about. Um, but next year, let me see, the front runners are, um, are going to be Jason Kidd's uh, eligible. Uh, he's, yeah. a, he's definitely in. He's definitely in. Grant Hill. Definitely in. Grant Hill's definitely in. Um, but then you start looking at like Weber, Tim Hardaway. It's it's interesting when you start going down the list of basketball players. There's a lot of guys. Um, and you're like, I can't, you know, I start off looking at this and thinking like, oh, it's so easy, you know, it's easiest for NBA players. But you start looking like guys like, I don't know, Rasheed Wallace, does he go in the Hall of Fame? Uh, no. No, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, probably. Bill Lambeer. Yeah, definitely. See, these are guys that aren't in the Hall of Fame. AC Green, uh, Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson should be. Tom, how is Tom Chambers not in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I love Tom Chambers. Uh, loves a strong word. I like Tom Chambers. <laughs> I liked him in the video in the NBA Live video game. He used to do the triple pump dunk from the three point line. That's where my that's my history with Tom Chambers. I like the video that's game. Why Tom like Chambers. Him. Yeah, that's why I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, how about like Glenn Rice not being in the Hall? I mean, that guy was yeah was, was pretty money. Um, he, he like played till he was like forty two or something. These he are was, all, he was in his forties when, yeah. when he left. And these are all guys I would put in over Tracy McGrady in it. Tracy McGrady was always a second banana. The one year he wasn't, or the one team he wasn't on, was terrible. So, yeah. there you go. Um, it just makes me mad. But the NFL... He's played for a lot of teams, too. Yeah. Tracy McGrady, like, yeah. bounced around. Well, you remember, he started with Toronto. It was him and Vince Carter. And that team was, like, really good. But he wanted to be the man. He had the Kyrie disease. Yeah. And he went down to Orlando, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He played and then they, then they sucked. And then he left Orlando. And then Orlando got really good. It's like... He played for Houston. He played. Did he play Dallas too? Maybe I think he played for San Antonio. Like, um, but yeah. So again, if you put Trace McGrady in your Hall of Fame, to me, you've lost a lot of a lot of your bravado. Um, are you looking up which teams he's on? I'm trying to fill the space because we're moving on to football. Yeah, which team? he played for? He played the for the Rap- Knicks. He played for Toronto Raptors. Orlando Magic, Houston Rockets, and then he played for the Knicks. Mm, yeah. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, so we had that oh, guy. He signed with Detroit Pistons. All right. And then he signed with Atlanta. But Grant Hill is definitely a first ballot? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Again, that's a guy that had all the potential and then got hurt and never really like fixed his, his injury, was never the same. But still think he's good enough. I, I, I'm there. Um, all right. So the NFL had just had, is they're indu- getting inducted tomorrow. Did you want to read the list? You said you had the list. I have the list. All right. So we got Morton Anderson, kicker. Okay. Uh, Terrell Owens. That is sorry, in, Terrell. That Davis. is incorrect. Terrell Davis. We're going to talk about Terrell. Yes, we will. Terrell Davis, who who's long overdue to get in. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. He was like, like that guy got passed up so many times. He was like the MVP of the league. A couple times, right? He yeah, like, he had like a he had like a four year stretch where he was the best player yeah. in football. Kenny Easley, I loved Kenny Easley growing up. Like I, we loved that Seattle defense so much. Like my friends, I don't know, we were like really into him, and 
uh, Eugene Robinson, the safeties yeah. for the for the Seahawks. Your boy Jerry Jones. Yeah, wait, Kenny Easley looks old too. I haven't. Seen if, you, if you saw him, he looks old. It was crazy. Jerry Jones. Uh, yeah, it's my guy. It's my guy. Jason Taylor. Um, he was really good. He's also very handsome. I was unaware of how and his kids are so good looking. Holy mackerel! <laughs> um, he got he's dead, right? Who? No, no. Who's dead? I thought Jason Taylor said, but I'm not. That's not. Right. No, he just won Dancing with the Stars like three years ago. Oh yeah, the Damian Tomlinson. I actually don't even know. Oh yeah, so I remember my first time on a podcast. Um, it's the director. Of the <laughs> I he's gonna love that you hung up on him. Um, the. Uh, uh, Okay, go ahead. Damian Tomlinson. I don't know that he won Dancing with the Stars, by the way. And Kurt Warner. Both both should be in first ballot. Kurt Warner is like the best football story, so, yeah. you know. Uh, there was, I know there's some people who are like, that guy doesn't belong in, but they're nuts. Um, so, so the, good class. Yeah. Kurt Warner, I read today, is going to be inducted by his wife. Yes, he talked about that. He started crying when they interviewed him last night. He's talking about it. It was very touching, but then I remembered who his wife was, and I got Speaking about crying, we're going to come back at the end. Okay. I'm writing this down, crying. Okay. Just as a, a kicker at the end. But anyway, so, all right, so it was what, everyone thought it was going to be Dick Vermeil. Oh, interesting. Is that your crying thing? Because Dick no, Vermeil used to cry all the time? No, no, no. This was something in a different sport that I forgot to put in my notes. Okay. But, uh... Everyone thought it was going to be Dick Vermeule and then it ended up being his wife. I don't know who's doing it with Damien. I didn't Tomlinson. know that Dick Vermeule was still alive. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong. Um, so what did you just say? Who's uh, inducting um, the Tomlinson? Uh, uh, the full, who was the fullback on that team? Whoever the fullback was on the Chargers. Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because he said he, he, you know, he paved my way through all, like, all those, like, through the NFL. Okay. Um, I want him to pave my way into the Hall of Fame as well. It was cool. It was a good little speech. Uh, I love the NFL Hall of Fame speeches, though. I tape them every year. (laughs) And I watch most of them. Um, who would you have, who would you have, um, read you into the Hall of Fame? Oh, jeez. Who would I have? Yeah, who would be like your an speaker? NFL person? Yeah, like well, just in your like in your like regular life Hall of Fame. Oh, who yeah. comes up to I make that I speech? Gotta, I, I gotta, we, we gotta come back next week and figure that one out. Okay, I don't want to leave anyone off. Oh, all right. I mean, I don't have a name e- either, but I mean, I could probably come up with some off the top of my head. You probably start with your brother. Right. Go ahead. Probably my brother. All right. I probably have my brother like announce it. He's my brother gives good. my brother gives some good speeches. That's what you, you need someone who gives a good speech. Yeah, he can give a good speech. Um, Only because it's his birthday. Did I pick him today? Oh, good. It might be someone else tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So here's the thing that I want to get into about the Hall of Fame, and it, there's an article actually in the Ringer today about this, and this is just lucky, lucky, even though it wasn't a very good article, but like. It's lucky they. they um, we'll have to do a podcast on the on the ringer. Talk about the ringer. Okay. Why? Because you're not a fan of a lot of their stuff. There's a lot of good ideas that it don't seem like well executed. Of, uh, like 
Gore Verbinski thing where you just throw shit in the shotgun. Interesting. Well, this wasn't one of those. This was just a very short article. Okay. And it was about the the title is um, NFL is going to have the NFL's pending Hall of Fame problem, which is interesting because what they're saying is basically moving forward. Everyone's going to have blown up stats. So, why like, are they, why are they going to have blown up stats? Because the because the NFL is an all offensive league now. So, like, every quarterback, like, you already have, like, your top 20 quarterbacks, like, at least 10 of them, 10 to 15 of them are still playing, you know, or, like, recent quarterbacks. They're not the 10 or 15 best quarterbacks of all time, but their stats are going to be, like, they're saying, you take a receiver like Odell Beckham, or you take a guy like um, Julio Jones, they're probably going to wind up with better stats than Jerry Rice. But there's never going to be a better, like, you know, neither of them are Jerry Rice, um... So do they belong? You know, are they going to belong? Now, obviously, if you have better stats than Jerry Rice, you're going to probably wind up in the Hall of Fame. But moving forward, the bar is going to be pushed so far. Um, it's like it all. You know, it all started with is Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper was the first fantasy quarterback. Yeah, he was awesome. He was an awesome fantasy quarterback. Yeah, he was an awesome fantasy. He was not an awesome quarterback. No, he uh, he he could throw the long ball. Yeah. But it was like interesting, and he had Randy Moss. He to me, he's he's the perfect test case of this because every year, like when you played fantasy, he's like your top five pick because the guy would just throw bombs and he all had day. Randy Moss and he had Randy Moss and Chris Carter. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's why Eli Manning. Was but they would, you know they go to the playoffs and lose by fifty, right, to the Giants that year. You know, like they just yeah. weren't that good. Um, so basically, this article is saying like. Yes, there's some obvious people that get in, but um, you know you're going to run into some some interesting cases when um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of a good quarter, like someone who has a Jay lot. Cutler. Like Jay Cutler is good. Jay Cutler is a top maybe top twenty five statistic quarterback, and he's never sniffed anything that belongs in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, would, I would say Phil Rivers, but he's probably going to get in. This is going to be an interesting discussion, so we're going to get into that in a second. Um, so, next year, 2018, I have the odds for, oh. for who, who gets in and who doesn't. Or, or the odds of everybody that's going in. I want to get your pick on who you think. Um, so, first time guys, Ray Lewis. I mean, come on. W- 1 to 99. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to... If anyone wants to bet me that, I will bet. <laughs> uh, Randy Moss? Yeah, obviously. One to five. There's an interesting reason why. We'll get to that in a second. Other newcomers. Brian Urlacher. Four to one. Ronde Barber. Seven to one. Yeah, he won't be. No, I don't think. He's not first ballot. I don't think either of those guys are first ballot. No. Um, the reason that Randy Moss is one to five is because coming back on the ballot is Terrell Owens at one to two, and people say that they're not going to vote in two receivers. Now, where do you come out on Terrell Owens in the Hall of Fame? Terrell Owens should definitely be in the Hall. It's of Fame. like ridiculous he's not yeah. in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, he was when we talked about Terrell Davis being like the best in his position for a bunch of years. Terrell Owens was like the best receiver in the league for a few good amount of years. That's true. Uh, other guys, John Lynch, I think he's five to one. Yeah, he'll get in. I see. I don't not. I don't think he gets in this class. 
Uh, Brian Dawkins seven to four, Joe Jacoby three to two, Alan Fanica nine to two, Ty Law eleven to one. Now, what? Oh, and then here are some other guys that they say won't like that are long shots that have been keep getting taken over, and you start thinking, how is that such a like? Isaac Bruce seventy five to one. Roger Craig, who I like loved growing up, yeah. I thought was awesome, two hundred to one. Steve Atwater, two hundred and fifty to one. Um, Jeff Saturday, ninety nine to one, and Priest Holmes also two hundred and fifty to one. Yeah, Priest Holmes isn't getting it. So I started going through every team. I'm going to try to spare this, make this as fast as possible. I'm just going to ask your opinion on a couple guys, and it's, it's an alphabetical team thing. And and I'm just going to pick out the ones I found interesting. You tell me, uh, Patrick Peterson from Arizona. Yeah. Like, not, not yet. Like, future. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. Okay. Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, he's definitely, definitely in. Uh, we'll skip the Falcons. We'll... Okay, Steve Smith. Steve Smith all Yeah, over. he's definitely in. Definitely? Definitely in. Steve Smith. No, I don't think he's a definite. I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with him getting in, but I think he's in between. Uh, I think see. he's getting in. Okay. He's not going to be first ballot, but... Cam Newton. Too, too early. Too early. Luke Keekley. Too early. Okay. Uh, let's see. We'll skip the Bengals, the Browns. Uh, I mean, Luke Keekley could like get injured like this year. It's true. Play again. Uh, Jason Witten. Yeah, he's definitely in. He's in. Um, Von Miller. Too early. Um, no, you could pretty much put him in. Okay, Demarcus Ware. Yeah, he'll get in. Okay, Anquan Bolden. Uh, he'll be an interesting one. I, I don't think he gets in. Uh, Julius Peppers. Mm, uh, it'll be a while. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Julius Peppers getting in. Aaron. I mean, I'm going this. This has an eighty percent. I'm just, just. Yeah. I don't know the, the criteria. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he'll be he's in. already in, right? JJ Watt. Yeah, he'll be. He's in. already in. Andrew Luck. He's got some work to do, right? Yeah, he's got some work to do. How about Vinatieri? He's in. Okay. Uh, Vinatieri might be first ballot. You think so? He's like the all-time leading kicker. All right, I'm skipping a lot of teams. Adrian Peterson? Yeah, for sure. All right, do we even need to talk about Tom Brady? How about Gronkowski? <laughs> Tom Brady's not good. <laughs> Gronkowski will get in. Okay. Drew Brees? Yeah. All right. We're going to get to like, probably the most yes. polarizing yes. one on the list. Eli Manning will be in. They have that 40%. He'll be in. I think he'll get in, but I think he only gets in because his last name is Manning. He's definitely not good enough to be a Hall of Famer. The guy's never been a top 10 quarterback any year he's of his career. He's won two Super Bowls, and he's probably going to get deep in the playoffs in the next couple of years. I'm just telling you that. He's never been a top ten quarterback any year of his career. It's hard. It, listen, it's he's a polarizing never, thing. He'll probably get in because his last name is Manning. Game. It's true. A, he played a lot of games. That's true. And he's going to statistically, he's going to be up there. They're going to use it. He'll get in, but he does not belong in the Hall of Fame. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, Darrell Rivas. Yeah, he'll be in. Yeah, he's in, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, they only have Roethlisberger at ninety percent. How is that guy not a hundred percent? Yeah, he's definitely in. Um, Antonio Brown still early. Yeah, still early. 
Okay. Antonio Gates. Yeah, he's dead. he's in. Yeah, I think he's in. Philip Rivers. He's in. I don't not first ballot, but he'll be in. He's only at thirty five percent. Now I, I Philip Rivers is maybe a guy He's got so many yards. But he's also never he's never won anything. I know. It's gonna be interesting. You know, his he's a he's a he's a yeah. Um they have Richard Sherman at ninety percent and they have Russell Wilson at eighty five percent. Russell Wilson's too early. Yes, for sure. Uh, how about Richard Sherman? Uh, yeah, he'll probably get in. Um, let's see. Who else? Andre Johnson at 75%. Yeah, he'll be in. There's no way Andre Johnson should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> He's never had 10 touchdowns in one I single know, season of his entire career. Um, that one drives me nuts. People, <laughs> that's like somebody who gets in from fantasy. Yeah. That, that, anyway. So I just want to go through a couple. He, of those it'll things. be a while. He's not going first ballot, but he'll be in there. So that's that's basically just some some guys I want to go through. Um, the last thing we were going to talk about. Do you have anything more with that? No, but we uh, we lost the bet. Oh, this you're going to segue. This is our transition. Okay, we lost the bet. That's not really a transition, but that's, that's good. Uh, last fall, we bet that the Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, was going to get the Olympics in 2024. Yeah, do you know when we lost that bet? January 9th of this year. That doesn't seem right, does it? No. It just got announced. They pushed the the time. Yeah. I don't know why we got... Um, why that happened that way. <laughs> January 9th is when it paid out. Seems fishy. All I know is it was down to two cities, and one city was continually getting like terrorist attacks. And I was like, oh, well, we're definitely going to get in. It's good, it's good that that's how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, the Olympics, like, there's all this, like, hate and all these people, like, trying to kill people in uh, France. And now you're going to bring the Olympics there? It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of uh, mention of it, about sure. that stuff. but And there's going to be a lot of security, but... They should have came here first. Well, I'm pretty listened, sure there was a reason outside, why they did. Outside of our bet, did you listen to the interview with Garcetti and all that stuff? I did about? Not. Okay, so but I heard from someone that we know that you that you know as well, <laughs> who told us that we should get rid of this bet because he had Cause, insider because he knew that it was going to happen. Yeah, he had some insider action. Well, but we thing, went online and we tried to get out of it, and it was only like you get no, like five we couldn't get out bucks. of it. No, we we it couldn't. was only three bucks. It was already. I'm telling you, the bet was paid out on January 9th. So we are wrong. your memory of this is wrong. All I know is we were hanging out for your birthday, and you went online and said <laughs> we could cash out for three bucks, and I said keep it going. Okay. Well, anyway, um, this uh, this this thing with the Olympics now, apparently, so because we waited... How old are you going to be in 11 years? 53? Yeah. So when we're 53, we'll be able to get the Olympics. That's the thing. It's like, is that going to be exciting in your 50s? I don't know. I mean, it's barely exciting in your 40s. You might have money to go to things. Or hopefully. Maybe we'll have houses to rent out to people at that point. There you go. So, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to, I guess. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Those people that all the stuff that's going up by the stadium, like all the housing and stuff, if you own a place over there, you're pretty psyched. Yeah. Um, Let me ask... If I, it's hard to project eleven years down the road, but 
will you stay here? Do you think when the Olympics are? Will you go on vacation for those weeks? No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to some things. Okay. See, that's what I'm thinking. I think I'm doing like half and half of spending like a week here, like going to some stuff. Go see some swimming. Go see. I, see. I think Katie Ledecky will be uh, out of the Olympics by then, but maybe she'll be there. And then, uh, <laughs> and then maybe take a vacation for the other half. Um, were you here for Carmen? You were. We were both here for Carmageddon. Yeah. Did you drive during Carmageddon? I did drive. And did you have any? It was like the everything was wide open, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's this great picture of uh, that you can find online of like somebody who like went into the middle of the highway and brought like a table and chairs. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to put that up on the website if I can. The uh, it's basically like an Italian restaurant. They had like the tablecloth and everything. And they were sitting there on the 405. Nice. It's pretty good. Um. Well. I, uh, I, don't I don't know. know what that has to do with our podcast, but well, no, you're right. It's true. Um, Carmageddon. <laughs> it was I, a cool I, picture. I, I I didn't go on the road in Carmageddon. I was like I was a little scared. Uh, I thought it was going to be slam, and um, apparently it was the best day to drive. So everyone says the same thing is going to happen. Now some things that came out are that they should have the subway system all set up to Inglewood by that time. Uh, apparently, well, I saw the. Uh the Hyperloop thing. What's the Hyperloop thing? The Elon Musk. Oh, I don't trust that. <laughs> I know you're a big Elon guy, but... That thing kind of scared me, actually. I know that by 2020, you're going to be able to take the subway... Oh, there you go. You, by 2020, you're going to be able to take the subway to the airport. The metro. Do you ever take the metro? No. I do. I like the metro. Um, that was... There's no need for anyone to even know that. That was a total <laughs> setup for me to say I like the metro. Um, but um, the big thing that they announced with the reason they're going to 2028 is that um, we, I guess, Los Angeles gets to keep more money now. Like they're like if they'd have had to share the revenue if they had in 2024, it's like supposedly it's way better for them. Like we're going to benefit more out of it. The other thing they talked about is, and this is something I wanted to ask you about, is that there's so many. Fucking stadiums in Los Angeles now. They're building another soccer stadium. They're building an NFL stadium. Where's the soccer stadium going? Right next to um, the Coliseum. It's uh, the LA Sports Arena where they used to play USC basketball games. Is now the new home of um, LAFC. The new no, it's the, the second soccer team. Oh, so you have all these. There's stadiums that won't even be used. Like, speak of that. Did you hear Neymar, what he's getting a week on his new contract? $515,000 a week. His new contract. Can we just get through the Olympics? Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're running long and we it's can't like, get through I'm, the just, I'm trying to get through these figures as fast as possible so we can finish this thing. And you're talking about Neymar's contract. <laughs> it's, yes, it's a lot of money. And it's good for him. He's got the Kyrie thing where he's going to go be his own guy but anyway, go ahead. Um, I was saying, oh, so there, there's so many stadiums that so there's like, you know, that's the big problem with a lot of these Olympics when in Brazil where they're building all these stadiums that no one's ever going to use again. They just waste away. We've got more stadiums than we know what to do with <laughs> in Los Angeles. So it's like a really interesting thing. And so they're talking about whether or not you can make a rotation thing where we start getting it every eight years or every 12 years in Los Angeles because it's so well set up for it. Olympic Village will be at UCLA. 
So like they don't even have to build an Olympic Village; you just put it right at the, at the university. It's gonna be so every. It's gonna be everyone's gonna be all over the place. Yeah, they were talking about how like you could you could hold events in, in, in Anaheim at the stadium down there, but you won't even need to go down there because yeah, everything's here. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I take it you're looking forward to the Olympics. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, it scares me. The whole oh. terrorism stuff. Oh, come on. It does. There was a... There hasn't been a terrorist attack. Oh, you just... You can't keep saying that kind of I stuff. I mean, there was the bomb by that guy in Atlanta. Yeah. But that guy was just an... Just a dude. Just an a-hole? Yeah, he was just a dude. <laughs> um, it's going to be a... Yeah. Paris is going to have a shit ton of security. That's, yes. It's going to be... Um, but good right. for you, Paris. So... Good for you. So, uh, what was your last thing about crime? Oh, yeah, so... And then we'll go. I wanted to mention that tomorrow, one of the best fighters is fighting this new guy, Lomachenko, on ESPN. They're doing this... I like this new ESPN thing, except for there's too many commercials. Where they had Pacquiao, mm-hmm. and now they're doing this other really good fighter. Okay. Who's... I'm going to tell you, he's probably going to be the best fighter uh, moving forward. Okay. That you're going to want to watch. He's pretty awesome. But last week was the John Jones fight. Yes, I watched it. You watch it? I did watch okay. it. That guy cried at the end. The uh, Cormier. At the end of the fight, he was crying. And then uh, Joe Rogan came up to him and was like, I hate talking to people after they get knocked out because it's all emotional. But where do you put the uh, rivalry between you guys? And he goes, well, he's beaten me twice, so there's really no rivalry. And he like said that while he was crying. And I was like, dude, there's no crying in MMA. Come on. Yeah, the, that well, guy's a pretty pretty passionate guy. Yeah, that that's his whole life. That guy trying to beat that guy. He was trying to beat John Jones and he had him. He was beating him. Well, I don't know about that. Oh really? No. Oh, I thought he completely controlled the fight. Uh, and then he slipped once and it was over. Yeah. Really? John Jones was keeping him at length with that kicks. He was scoring so many kicks and he took him down. Oh, I thought I thought that Cormier was winning that fight. John Jones is pretty much the best. Yeah, I agree. If he can stay off the sauce, he's, <laughs> he's, he's good. But uh, tomorrow night, ESPN, Lomachenko. Or when you're trying to listen to this last Saturday, ESPN, Lomachenko. <laughs> All right. Later.